Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. I'm in uh, Anaheim, California. Just before we go to Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, into the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Steve on line number two says, Bob, I'm telling you the Oilers need to make a splash. Edmondson and Anderson from Montreal trade the first round pick, a second round pick, Paul Yarvey and Bouchard with those two pieces and Kane coming back. We'd be hands down contenders until the end of Drysaddle's contract. That one comes to us from Steve. Well, you'd certainly be changing the dynamic of the orders. You'd have to include another more money though, because Anderson and Edmondson combined, uh, make Roughly off the top of my head, about nine million dollars. Uh, five and a half million, four more years for Josh Anderson and 3.5. So nine million dollars for Edmondson. You're, you're going to have to find a way. They'd have to eat a little. And I'm going to tell you right now, they'd ask for Xavier Borgo. That's one of the guys they'd want if uh, the Montreal Canadiens would want. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Frank Saravalli for the Daily Faceoff for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing, Saturday Century Mile. More info at thehorses.com. Hi, Frank. How you doing? Bob, I'm okay. How's uh, Anaheim treating you? A little rainy? I see your, uh, your play-by-play guy there. Doesn't seem to be too enthused with the weather in SoCal. Well, he were which play? Well, it wouldn't be Cam Moon because he's not on Twitter. No, it would be Mister Jack Edwards. Jack Mike Michaels, is. excuse me. Yes, uh, no, not, not Jack, Jack Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, that's the other play-by-play guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's raining. It's it's a borderline deluge here. I feel bad for like the families that have flown here to you know go to Disneyland and stuff, right? At this time of the year. Uh, but uh, hey, look. Let's let's cut to the chase. The Edmonton Oilers are now creeping into an area where it is becoming concerning. Is that a fair assessment in terms of making the playoffs? Yeah, I think whatever weather you're dealing with, the Oilers specifically are in the middle of the storm right now. And when you take a look at the standings, and I tend to view it by points percentage, the Oilers are not only on the outside looking in, but a team like Nashville, which has suddenly won four straight, has also passed them in the points percentage department. So um, the Oilers are sitting, you know, in 10th place right now in the West. And 
to me, I think it highlights some of the issues that have popped up over the last number of weeks. And when you have a game like Monday night against L.A., you know, I think it was really interesting to consider it. We always look at it, I think, from the Oilers' perspective. But to go back and and watch and read through the comments from the Kings players after the game last night, they, they viewed last night as a statement win. I think the playoff loss last year is still fresh in their minds. I think in a lot of ways the Oilers toyed with that team in the postseason, um, probably should have put their foot down a lot quicker in that series. But more to the point, moving forward for this year, LA's had some hiccups this year, and they seem to be light years ahead of, of where the Oilers are right now um, in terms of their play this season. You know, clearly their power play was – unbelievable last night um but more to the point like they they seem to be buying in and todd mcclellan seems to be squeezing a lot out of that group so um they were ready to play in what has this is i think this is one of the season defining road trips for the oilers given the pacific division teams that they're meeting and given what's at stake in the standings last year frank the oilers went 21 and 5 against the pacific Last night's loss drops Edmonton to five and six against the Pacific Division. That is a revealing statistic because that's who they ultimately have to make some hay against. Uh, 100%, it means a lot to the Kings. I'll take it one step further. Todd McClellan, think of how he was let go by the Oilers organization. Then he helps get the Kings into the playoffs, but they don't have Doughty and they don't have Arvidsson in the series, and the Kings hang around and win you know, a couple overtime goal uh, games and end up, uh, you know, Edmonton has to win back in L.A. in game six before winning game seven. Um, it, it does mean a lot to L.A. And I think what surprised everybody last night, the Kings have not had a good penalty kill, despite being good on faceoffs. The Oilers go 0 for 6. And I'm wondering if the game against Winnipeg, with how Winnipeg PKs, if some teams noticed what they did, because Edmonton has not been as effective on the power. I mean, I guess they weren't going to keep up the 42, 44% that they had going for most of uh, December. But Frank, I, you know, we always look at coaching and special teams is one way to evaluate coaching. You know, LA had a big game last night in that regard. Yeah, and both sides of the special team as well. It wasn't just the work they did on the penalty kill against the Oilers. It was obviously what their power play did against Edmonton's penalty kill. And that, to me, is obviously the way more concerning special team unit for the Oilers. That 72% this year, you know, you mash the two of those together, even with the power play clicking at 31, that's 103%. The really good teams in this league are are well north of 105 and are shooting for a combined 110% if you can get there. Um, That's sort of the mark and measure by um, which these teams are judged on. And I just look at the penalty kill and, and that it's a clear opportunity to add to this team at the trade deadline to make this group better. And I think if you're able to find the right people and personnel, that you could also maybe take a little bit off of Connor McDavid's plate, um, you know, in, in the exact same time. So um, I, I think that should be a real point of emphasis as the Oilers move on here over these next 53 days before the deadline is to find some PK help. 
Frank and the Oilers wait till a deadline. Ken Holland's made his reputation on being patient. Jim Nils said on our show the greatest uh, characteristic Ken has as a manager is his patience. Right now, patience. Right now, our fan base in Edmonton, I'm seeing the text. They're running out of patience with Ken Holland. Uh, Ken Holland, by the way, has a 6-10 winning percentage, uh, points percentage, as the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers since taking over. That is 12th in the NHL over the last three-plus seasons. And the two years before Holland got here, the Oilers were 24th in points percentage. But can the Oilers afford, because I, I, I debate whether or not Edmonton, in fact, I don't debate. I think the Oilers need to move and, and grind away here. And on top of the imminent return of uh, Vander Kane at some time in the next couple of weeks, I think the Oilers have to be more proactive and add before the deadline. What about you? Wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think this last run of few games in the last few weeks, this team needs a shot in the arm, and it can't just be on Vander Kane. Um, and I think the penalty kill is, is one way to try and find that. Um, and it doesn't need to be the biggest name acquisition. There doesn't need to be an, a super expensive cost. You know, one name that you've brought up with me previously on the show is, is Sam Lafferty in Chicago. And everyone's seen the impact he's had with some of the shorthanded goals this season, the elite speed that he has. But I, I just, like, I think there's opportunity in the marketplace. Like, I'm looking at a guy today, Noah Gregor in San Jose, a sixth consecutive game that he is a healthy scratch tonight. And I look at his game, and I look at the speed that he has. I look at the shot generation, the way that he's been able to create for himself. He, he hasn't been able to score into the ocean. His shooting percentage is awful. But – when you take someone that has that type of speed and maybe plug him into a PK unit, you know, can you teach the skill set of the PK? I think you can. He hasn't historically been used there. But why wouldn't you, instead of paying a premium for Sam Lafferty, a guy that was traded basically for an AHL player to move money on a contract, you know, from Pittsburgh, um, why not trade for a guy that has the same skill set can be cheaper um, and also, he happens to be from Edmonton. Like, I, I just, I, I think there's different ways to go about this um, and try different things without having it cost a lot. Are you comparing? All right, so here's the deal. Chicago's in a rebuild. We know that. Sam Lafferty's a right shot uh, he, that this year is above 50% in the face-off circle. He is an effective straight-line player that has a history of penalty killing. Noah Gregor. I think Noah Gregor is a lot like James Hamlin in the Oilers organization. So I don't mind Noah. I, I'm perplexed as to why he's not playing in San Jose. But right now the listeners would be saying, wait a sec here. This guy's a healthy scratch in a team behind Edmonton. How, how, you know what I mean? When you've got, I just, I don't think the two players are that close. I, now you said a premium for Lafferty. What's that premium? Like what would Chicago, what Chicago want for Lafferty? I think they're looking for a third round pick. Um, I, that's what I'm, I'm guessing their their neighborhood is. Otherwise, if you're looking, you know, further down the pick chart, somewhere in the four to sixth round pick range, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that they're looking at it as well. Those two things are roughly equivalent when you look at 
um, the percentage of players that ultimately make it to the NHL and have an impact. Fourth isn't all that different than sixth, and so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, um, you know, there's somewhat limited supply, and I think that's a little bit more expensive than some other options that might be available. Yeah, what I would do is I would move a contract out and give up a higher pick and then turn around. I'm not saying to give up a first, move a higher pick in a deal for a guy like Lafferty and get some cap space to create, try to create some different mechanism. I think Edmonton needs to add a player like Lafferty. I think they could still use a guy with some bite on their fourth line. I mean that even with Kane coming back. Uh, but they definitely need a defenseman as well. What's the defense market like at this time, Frank? It's expensive, um, especially if you're looking for an impact defender. I mean, it's um, the interesting thing that I found in, in really going through the trade deadline exercises already 53 days out. I did some Western Conference objectives last week and Eastern Conference, went through all 32 teams. The real interesting thing about it is that there aren't that many teams that are really desperate for a defenseman. And so I I wonder if ultimately there ends up being a, a surplus of guys that are available for those roles. And perhaps on the defense market, being a little bit more patient there might make some sense that if you can figure out some of the, and and plug some of the other holes that you have in your lineup with those two roles that you were just talking about, that maybe you wait until closer to March 3rd and make something like that happen later. Yeah. Well, and again, I would add to the four, like I I get it right now. Broberg's going to get some games. They're going to look at Deharnay. Kulak has struggled in the second pairing left shot D roll. And now I'm going to throw the curveball at you. So, so much discussion at Chikrin. It's my belief in a perfect world for Bill Armstrong. He wants two future number ones. He doesn't want a pre-existing number one with a, a pro, you know, number one prospect with an organization and a number one. Just because of the timeline of when they move into their new building in Arizona. What about Ivan Provorov out of Philadelphia? What's going on there? Uh, he's got a... A, a ticket in the six and a halfs. You'd have to send some money back, obviously. What, what, what's the latest on him? I don't. I don't really know what to make of Ivan Provorov, and I've watched him play for a long time. Um, he does have some cap space coming back, and and some would argue some term, and and that comes with cost certainty. Um, the real cash dollars tick up a bit in the last uh, few years, more than seventeen million bucks in the last couple of years. That's not an issue, but. Uh, what what is he? Where does he rank on your depth chart? Um, is he a number two? Is he is he a number three? Can you figure out the offensive component of his game? I mean, we're talking five seasons ago now, but he was trending as a clear cut number one, right in the same kind of conversation as a Zach Wierenski. Put up seventeen goals on the back end and forty one points. He's physical. He's involved and engaged in the play. He skates well. He's he's ultra competitive. He's not a huge talker. Um, he he just puts his head down and works. And I've just seen a guy in the last couple of years. I just I don't I don't. Where did that go? I don't know if it's injury related. I don't know if it's confidence related. I don't know if he just 
hasn't had the proper support around him um, in a Philly lineup that has really thinned out. I think he's a worthy gamble, but I think it's going to be really expensive to make. It's a, it's an expensive bet to make. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he's an intriguing guy, and obviously he, his name has popped up here in the last couple of days. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know... I don't know what you're getting for almost seven million bucks. I'm not sure. All right, so tell me this: If you were Ken Holland, would you trade the 2023 and 2024 number ones a second, and for the sake of argument, pull your RV because you need some money, or Fogel, take your pick, one of the two, and Murray, you got to you got to get some money off the books in order. Okay. To, would you do that? Would you do that if you were for the Oilers for Chikrin? For Jacob Chikrin, no, I wouldn't. I don't think he makes any sense for the Oilers when you really break down his game. I think he's a cannon of a shot on the power play. I think he's a middle-pair defenseman. I think his defensive play actually defending is subpar. Um, And I think the Oilers have a couple guys already that can largely do what he does. And if you think about it from a power play perspective, he's not a distributor, he's a shooter. And so I just think with the talent the Oilers have on their power play, they don't really need a shooter. They need someone that can help quarterback and move the puck around. And I think they do a good enough job of that as it is. So then, you know, I think the other part of the Chikrin discussion is, you have a guy that is also, and I, I have a full in-depth profile of Jacob Chikrin coming on dailyfaceoff.com in the next 24 to 48 hours with a scouting report that breaks down his game in depth. But if you look at it, he's also missed 125 games over the last five years. That's a lot of games. Um, he's had significant injuries to key parts of the body. I think availability is is and dependability is a unique ability. And he I don't know that you can hang your hat on it. So to trade those types of assets for that specific stylistic fit, I, I don't know that I quite understand it, but that's just how I view it from my prism, and I'm not a general manager. All right. Uh, give me a quick ripper. What, who's, give me a guy that you think might actually go in the next couple of weeks. On the trade front, um, I, I think there's some real buzz around Bo Horvat, and I think this week's going to be really important from a Canucks perspective. They've got their pro scouting and amateur scouting meetings that are taking place in Florida, um, and this I think is an enormous week for their franchise in general in terms of charting a path forward. What way are they going? Are they willing to commit to a rebuild? What types of transactions will we see on the other end of that? And the reason why I mention him as a guy that could potentially move sooner rather than later is I I think they want to try and control the market. And I don't know what's going to happen quite yet with Dylan Larkin in Detroit. I, I, I still think there's a lot of runway to go to get him signed to a new deal. And there's a lot of layers to it because he's a Michigan kid and has played his whole entire career there from youth hockey yep. on in Michigan. But if Dylan Larkin were to hit the market, I think all of a sudden that might weaken the Canucks stance because all of a sudden you're forcing teams that are looking for centers to evaluate 
which guy is the better fit, not just for trade assets, but also for the long-term contract. And Larkin has a higher offensive upside, I think, um, than Horvat, who's having a magical season. I don't know how duplicable this Horvat season is from that standpoint. 29 goals, nine of them on deflections. Uh, he's on pace for 40 even strength goals. He's never scored 40, period. And I think what he's done on the power play and the bumper roll is is very repeatable. But I'm not so sure about the even strength scoring and the shooting percentage is way up. So I, I think there's some concern there. And, you know, if you're Vancouver, you'd really like to jumpstart and figure out where your cap situation is like moving forward. So that would be the guy I would circle. Um, but I'm still not convinced that anything happens before the all-star game yet. Dylan Larkin had, uh, has had two 30 goal seasons with the Red Wings, uh, and he's had three 63 plus point seasons. He's got 33 points in 37 games this year. On some Frank, really bad stuff. teams, too. Uh, and you think they're a bad team right now, Detroit? No, I said he's done that with, on some really bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. More at Cider, minus 16, by the way, this year. It happens with young defensemen. Frank, thanks for your time, my man. Thanks, Bob. Have a good one. You bet. That is Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff, and that is for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing Saturdays at Century Mile. For more information, visit thehorses.com. We'll tell you guests on the show receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Ruth's Chris open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Tell Chef Eltaf and Chris that Oilers now sent you. We'll step out. We'll get back with a couple of your Text on orders now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. It is currently 12.56 in Edmonton. A reminder, Frank Cervalli's appearances for Daily Faceoff from the Daily Faceoff are for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing, Saturday, Century Mile. More info at thehorses.com. Do want to mention to you, you wouldn't know it on this trip, but we're heading back to sunny California in April with New West Travel. You fly to Los Angeles and you head into LA and Anaheim to watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. 
could be pretty interesting the next two times these two teams play Edmonton and Los Angeles. This new West Travel Hockey Package includes airfare four nights at the Marriott LA, as well as lower bowl game tickets for both games, a welcome reception with yours truly, and special guests for the California Hockey Road Trip. Visit newwesttravel.com. All right, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Uh, this one comes in from Rockford. He says, Bob, with the Oilers cap restraints in mind, how about a veteran left shot D and a veteran center, both with cup winning experiences and both on league minimum one-year contracts? Would you love to give Eric and Mark Stahl a look if Florida made them available? Florida has been a significant disappointment. I don't know whether or not those guys would do that at this stage. That's how much guys like playing down there. Uh... So humanly admit us, Bob, the order's biggest issue is depth at both positions. What would dry settle fetch on the market? <laughs> that's two. That's two of those that we've received. Uh, let's just wait and see how everything goes. Uh, Bob, what I don't understand about the Oilers is why they didn't play the same style of game as they did against Dallas. They shot the puck at every opportunity, especially on the power play, and then they were sound defensively and playing with structure. But, of course, being the Oilers, I haven't seen that play that way since. Go figure. Yeah, they had a strong game in Dallas. They did a lot of things well in that hockey game, and it has in large part... Uh, been missing since then. Uh, disappointing night, to say the least, last night in Los Angeles. Knew this was coming. Brennan, what do you think? Can we execute this? Can we actually take calls um, with me on the road doing the show over the reported app? What do you think? I have faith. I believe in us. We're going to give it a shot. 780-496-0063. That is our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. You can also text us. Same number, 780-496-0063. Can the Oilers afford to wait to add a D, or do they need to move? You tell me. Text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We'll head off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell.